and give us that uh, spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you so that we'll recognize uh, the ministry that angels have in our lives in Jesus name Amen Amen. First I'd like to let us know I'm sure all of you know angels are just created beings Uh, some people worship angels but we are not supposed to worship angels angels worship just like us and they worship God because they were created by God and they worship God but for the most part most Christians when they think about angels they think mainly about angels in heaven worshiping before God you know flying back and forth Isaiah chapter 6 flying back and forth and singing holy 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 Uh, but that's not all angels do angels have a ministry Angels have their own ministry in the schemes of in the scheme of things with God. Angels have a ministry, and we just need to recognize the ministry of angels. We are not supposed to worship angels. Some people do, and uh, if an angel appears to a man and receives worship, you're not dealing with the angel of God, because that's not God's angel. Uh, but Christ, many Christians don't even think about angels when they think about their faith. We need to recognize that there are angels, and angels are still active today in our lives. You may see them, you may not. It doesn't really matter. God may open your eyes to see them, but they are there. And they are very busy, active in our lives. Revelation 22, I'm dealing with the fact that angels are not supposed to be worshipped. Verse 8 and 9, this is John in Revelation saying, Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, See that you do not do that. Don't do that. Don't worship me. He was already there to worship. He said, Don't do that. For I am your fellow servant. And of your brethren, the prophets. So not just you, fellow servant, New Testament saints, but also the prophets of the old, the same, his fellow servant, and of those who keep the word of this book. So the book, the word of this book. So we don't worship angels. Angels are really after the book. They want this book followed. And if you follow this book, then angels are fellow servants with you. So he said to John, don't worship me, worship God. But what do we do with angels? We must acknowledge, we must know that they exist, and we must acknowledge their presence in our lives. Because God tells us so. Jesus said, teach them to observe all things. He wants us to know of all of these things. Now, throughout the Bible, there are about 300 um, appearances and uh, operation of angels throughout the Bible that's recorded. And in the New Testament alone, we have about 165 of those appearances or manifestations or operations of angels. And in Revelation alone, just Revelation alone, we have about 65 different encounters that's mentioned. So angels have always been around man since God created and if you go back into the Old Testament most relevant most of them 
relevant since in the Old Testament had an encounter with angels. They all, most of them did. Abraham did. Lot, remember Lot? We just forget that this is the same God. God hasn't changed. The angels appeared to Lot. They went into Lot's home. They're still here. You read in the New Testament, they appeared a few times to um, Paul. You remember when Paul was going uh, to Rome, it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to me in the night and told me, You guys are safe. Well, they appear. They're still part of our lives today. We still have manifestations of angels today, whether we see them or not. They are always there. They are at work. They have their own ministry, and they are fulfilling their ministries faithfully on our behalf. There's something I want you to know that the anointing of God in your life will not take the place or the role of angels in our lives. It just will not do that. Angels have their place. They have their role, you know, in our lives. And they are always there, whether you see them or not. And they are very effective. And they have certain things that they do for us. And we have to recognize this and know, and that, and know that, that angels are there for us. In Matthew chapter 4, this is talking about Jesus 10 and 11. It says, And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now this is the Son of God. And in a very tough time, he had fasted for 40 days, and gone through this serious temptation and when the devil left guess who came the angels come now what lessons you would take from this when things are difficult when you are going through a difficult trial remember what the bible says after jesus was filled with the holy spirit the holy spirit drove him into the wilderness for what purpose to be tempted of the devil so when you are full of God, there is going to come some kind of trial, some kind of examination before God can place you in this position, in position, whatever he wants you to do. There's got to be some trial coming your way. Now, when you are going through the trial, for the most part, you are alone. When you go through trials, real difficult trials, you can have a mate, but you are alone in that trial. You have to deal with it. So, Jesus went through the trial. During that trial, God wasn't there with him, wasn't interfering with what was going on. The angels were not there. But as soon as the trial was over, guess who came? The angels came in. The devil left, the angels came in. Now, what I'm saying is, when you're going through a trial in your life, no matter how difficult it is, the angels are just around the corner. And God is watching what you do with the trial. If you stand fast and refuse to bend, once that trial is over, you receive ministry. Ministry comes straight from angels. Immediately they are there. The angels are very faithful. Now, the thing is, if Jesus needed ministry, think about it, from angels, don't we? We certainly do. 
and they still minister to us today. Angels have the ability to strengthen us. I know the Holy Ghost can. We are anointed, right? <laughs> but you still need strength from angels. That's what the Bible said. Even about Jesus himself. In Luke chapter 22, uh, verse 43 and 44, the Bible tells us this. This was a very difficult time for Jesus right before he went to the cross. You remember the story? And Jesus was praying seriously to the Father to the point of sweating blood. Very tough time. He says his soul was sorrowful even unto death. It's a lot of pain going through what he was going to go through. And this, the Bible tells us while he was going through that praying, Lord, if it be your will, it says, Then an angel appeared to him from heaven and did what? Strengthened him. Was he anointed? Oh, yes. Fully anointed. But at this stage, as a man, he needed some strengthening. And God sent an angel from heaven to strengthen him even in the time of prayer. And look at the results. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. He was still praying. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. But he received strength from angels. And I believe that that's possible today. God still will do that. Now, I believe that angels will be more active in our lives if we give ourselves to the ministry of the word of God especially when you are winning souls you really open the door for angels to be very active in your life because God will be watching over you the disciples had a lot of that in their lives in Acts chapter 12 6 and 7 this is dealing with Peter You know the story, Herod had killed uh, James, the brother of John. James and John, son, sons of Zebedee. And, uh, and he, did, he pleased the Jews. So he got Peter and locked Peter up and had two guys sitting by Peter <laughs> waiting for the next day for him to bring Peter out and possibly kill Peter. It says in this passage, and when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers. So he was chained. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Verse 7, now behold an angel of the Lord stood by him. So they, they had these two guys there, but an angel was right there, stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he, the angel, struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And this is a his frightening thing. The angels appeared, there was light in the place, and those soldiers were not even aware of what was going on. They stayed till the next day. <laughs> And Herod was really furious because the next day they were trying to find out what happened to Peter. The soldiers didn't know. 
they couldn't tell. But it's such an amazing thing. These angels have so much power that as they, as they walked out, they passed through, I think I'll call them two blocks, and they got to the gate, and the gate opened of his own accord, and they went out. Peter was thinking, this has got to be a vision. I'm having a vision from God. Point is, angels are still available today, and they will do exactly the same thing. If you find yourself in that situation, we just have to know that they are there and acknowledge what they are there for. God has told us in his word that these angels are there and they are at work on our behalf. And we need to know that. In Acts 5, 18 and 20, it talks, tells us that they are, the Sanhedrin, they took hold of the apostles and they locked them all up. And uh, I will read, and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. That's why I said, if you're truly ministering, you got a lot of angels. They don't want the word stopped. They are always fighting on your behalf to make sure that nothing stops that word from going out. So, the angels are always there for us. I believe that the main reason why Christians have a lot of difficulty and troubles, it's not like we won't have them, but still real long, and God seems not to be working, is because of the operation of the word. Because everything is in the word. Angels respond mainly to the word. That's the key. They don't respond to sympathy or crying or whatever is going on. They respond only to what's happening in your life with regards to the word. That's what is important to them. And if you're following the word and following God, an angel can could appear. We don't have to pray to them. We don't have to ask for them. When God wants, you're minding your own business, doing your stuff, but knowing that there are angels, they can appear. The reason why we don't see them, the way we believe, if they appear in our room, we probably have a heart attack. (laughs) Because we don't think of seeing anybody, an angel. Most stories you hear is like an angel. I was going and a man walked up to me. You remember the stories? And then they disappeared. You understand what I'm saying? They helped me and they were gone. The, but that's most of the stories I hear. But if you're sleeping at night and you open your eyes and here is this huge <laughs> shining being in your room, most of us will go, ah! I'm kidding. <laughs> we're afraid. <laughs> we can't handle that. Because we don't, we have not been taught, we don't believe that. We know there are angels, but we don't even expect to see them. Notice the disciples and these people, they were not shocked by the presence of these angels. They knew they were dead, and they recognized, oh, that's an angel of God. We need to have that knowledge in us now. In Psalm Psalm 103, verse 20 and 21, it says, Bless the Lord you his angels who excel in strength so these angels excel in strength who do his word what do they do they do his word 
They excel in strength, so they're very powerful. They're not just worshiping God in heaven and saying holy. They have a lot of strength. Why? Because they have to do battle. They have to go to war sometimes. That's why they excel in strength. But they only do His word. Hearing to the voice of His word. The voice of His word. When you speak the word is the voice of his word. They respond to the voice of his word. Not just when God speaks it, but the voice of his word. They excel in strength, they only do his word. That's all. If you're outside the word, the angels don't respond. Whether you see them or not, if you're standing on the world, the angels are really busy. Whether you see them or not, they're doing stuff on our behalf. But so we have to stay with the world. It says, Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. So the word is his pleasure. They do that. So we have to recognize that, that the angels are there. And they are really, truly powerful in our lives. Now, I'm from a culture where uh, the people are afraid of witches and wizards and all of that stuff. And we are so concerned about them. But I'm sure if a person really recognizes and understands that these powerful beings have been sent from heaven and they are constantly around us, then I have nothing really to fear. I got the Holy Spirit, not only that, I got the Father, the Son, and I have angels around me. I really have nothing to fear. Because God is there with us and with His angels around us. In Matthew 28, angels excelling in strength. This was on the day of resurrection. You see the power of angels and what God can do when God is about to accomplish something. It tells us in verse 2, And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven. See, one angel can cause an earthquake. That's how powerful. There was a great earthquake. The reason for that is it's for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. This was the day of resurrection. I don't think they were trying to help Jesus get out of the tomb, okay? God was just showing to these guards there is great power here from heaven. He said, they sat on the stone. His countenance was like lightning. And his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Just one angel that God sent can cause this much trouble for God's enemies. But the point I want to make here, for his enemy, his countenance was like lightning, 
his clothing as white as snow. They were really scared. But then if you go to John chapter 20, you see a different thing. There was not just this one angel. That angel came for war and you're not going to, you're not going to get in his way. Open that tomb so everyone can see that Jesus is not there in the tomb. Now, have you ever asked yourself, why won't God do that by himself? Wondered about that? God could roll away the stone. Well, that's not God's job. The angels have to do that. They have their ministry. And they take their ministries very seriously. So they rolled that stone away. But then in John chapter 20, verse 11 and 12, it says this. But Mary stood outside. This was after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. When Mary came around, that frightening angel was no longer around. (laughs) The guards were gone. And two other angels were there. They were not as frightening. He said, But Mary stood outside by the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting. Notice she wasn't afraid. One at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. But Mary was not frightened. This is what I want you to see here. This is a picture of the mercy seat. Right? Have you heard about the Ark of the Covenant? You you know about the Ark of the Covenant with angels, right? One on one side and one on the other side. And this is where Jesus laid. The mercy seat. So that tells you, angels are actively involved when it comes to mercy from God towards our lives. They are there. They were not doing anything, but just sitting there where Jesus laid. So God has these powerful beings that are very active. To me, this scripture alone tells me that they're for us. And it means serious business. If you are saved, there are angels all over your life. And they are there to do works of mercy. When difficult times come and things are difficult in your life, you're struggling, God is sending powerful angels to do work on your behalf. When you need mercy, they're there. God used them. You can read, I don't want to go into all of the details in the Old Testament and the New Testament where God was sending them for message, give them your dream, let them know. But we need to recognize that because you belong to Him, God has angels in your life and you have no reason to be afraid when you're traveling, when you're out or you're coming in, when things seem difficult, whatever in your finances, whatever it is. There are angels. That's why we have it in our confession. Let the ministering spirits be released. Because they're there. They're there. They have their own ministry. But they respond only to what? To the voice of his word. That's why we need to say it in our confession. They respond to the voice of his word. We're not just writing something to feel good. They are active and they will bring in the harvest. They will fight 
to destroy enemies in our lives. Angels do go to war on our behalf. God has given us a lot of powerful weapons to have victory in this life. And one of the weapons we have, angels of the living God. They are still here today to fight for us. I'm reminded of the story of Herod. You know, remember the story? Uh, Herod came out and gave an oration and uh, was saying the voice of God. <laughs> an angel appeared. He received the glory. An angel appeared and struck him. That was the main enemy of the church at that time. And God took him out. And it was just an angel that struck him. And worms ate that man alive right there. He was still alive and worms were eating his body. The extent to which God will go to deliver his people. We really need to recognize how loving our Father is to us. I was studying this today and was thinking, you know those um, guards, the soldiers that, that kept Peter? And the angel came and delivered Peter? Do you know what happened to those soldiers? They all were killed. All of them died. Because God wanted his servant out. God has said, I will give men for your sake. Herod killed all of them. So God loves so dearly, and these angels are out there. I... Angels go to war. That's what I wanted for us. Second Kings 9.35 tells us this. It says, And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000 men. Killed all of them. And when people rose early in the morning... There were the corpses all dead. There's a story about uh, Sennacherib. There's uh, an Assyrian uh, uh, king that wanted to attack Hezekiah in the days of Isaiah. That was bad for him. (laughs) And uh, they prayed. And God sent an angel. That man had blasphemed. He said all kinds of things against the Lord. And this one day, God just sent one angel. In one night, 185,000 men were gone. This is how powerful uh, angels are when God sends them out to carry out a work. I believe we can call angels in the name of the Lord just like we do in our confession when things are difficult and God will release them I'll show you a scripture to that we don't pray to them but we can ask the Lord to let them go to war on our behalf whether it's something happening in your home whatever but these forces are available to us and we can ask the Lord to release them by faith. And God will 
he told us. Now, this is what happened in Matthew 26, verse 52 and 53. Remember this story. I'm going to read. But Jesus said to him, put your sword in his place. He was talking to Peter because Peter had cut a man's ear off. Trying to protect Jesus from being taken. And Jesus said, put your sword in his place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Jesus said, all I can do is, all I, I just pray to him. Ask him. Don't you realize I could pray to my father for 12 legions? Now think about it. If one angel can destroy 185,000 men, what will 12 legions of angels do? do? And Jesus said, I can call them down in just a few words. But those angels are available to us the same today. If we need them. We can call, pray to the Father, and God will release them. Notice Jesus didn't say, I could just speak and fight for myself. I'll call. But there was no need to do that because what he was going through was what was written of him. He had to go to the cross. But if there was a need to do that, he called for them. (laughs) But he didn't come to destroy men. He came to save people. And so we don't call angels to destroy people. <laughs> we call angels to, to fight our battle against spiritual forces that are against our lives. The demons recognize the power of the angels and they do battle on our behalf. Revelation is a key point here. Revelation 12, verse 7 and 8. It says, and there... A war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Now, in your life, you are, you are the temple of God. Right? That's where God lives. Sometimes Satan comes against your life. Remember, God was in his throne. He won't fight. The angels took up the fight. In the same way, the angels can take up the fight in your life and do battle for us. They are always there. They are there from the Old Testament till the New. You have to recognize when you go to sleep, there is nothing to fear. There are angels all over where you go. The enemy can come in if you have fear and don't have understanding, no knowledge. That's when they can come in. But if you know that these forces are around you, just the knowledge and that you know that they're around, those enemies know to stay away from you. I used to be scared of demons. And they used to visit me a lot. (laughs) They don't visit anymore very much. Because I know how to take care of them. They don't visit not when I'm at home or back here in the United States. I've shared the story here where I went to have a crusade somewhere and the people were telling me this demon appeared in form of, appeared to the people in the form of a ball of light, of light and uh, the people are scared. I said, well, when I come into town, he'll know to run out of town. 
And before long, the people said, no one sees him anymore in the village. He's gone. I don't have to pray about it. They are always there. My time is gone, but I'll go through this quickly. Um, let me read in Hebrews chapter 1, 7, verse 7. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. That's about his angels. But verse 14 tells us about angels. Angels are ministering spirits. They are not just ministering spirits. They are ministers. They have their own ministry. Now guess what their ministry is? Their ministry is, according to the word of God here, they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. They are here. They have been sent to us. We have inherited salvation and they are here busy doing, serving us, doing their ministry. It's not about you, it's about the word of God. It's about their ministry and they are doing their ministry faithfully in our lives. They are there. Psalm 34 verse 7, it tells us, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those that fear him. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those that fear him and delivers them. They are there where you are right now. That's where they have their camp. They are having a camp meeting around you everywhere you go. Because you fear God. They are there with you. Always there. Whether you see them or not, they are always there. They are are looking into your business and seeing what's going on in your life, your fears, everything you're doing. And somebody there watching. (laughs) They're there. Think about it. Somebody had a demon, uh, had a lesion, right? A lot of demons inside. One person. And just, just a third of angels that fell. So the angels are there. You know the story of Elijah, right? Elisha and his servant, Gehazi. Second Kings 6, 7, 10, it says, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes and that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. These are beings. Chariots, these are spiritual chariots, not chariots that you can see with your natural eyes. But Elisha wasn't bothered about it. He knew. The soldiers came all around them, and Gehazi, he was so scared. We're surrounded. We're going to be killed. He was so worried. He went to his master. Look, we're surrounded. It's over. We're gone. Us against all of this. And his master said, those that are with us are more than this. And the guy said, uh, one, two. What are you talking about? <laughs> those that are around us and he said open his eyes see they were not they were already there before his eyes were opened he just couldn't see them they are all around us today the angel of the Lord comes around us and they are here to minister to you and as you pray to the Lord and they hear his voice they do his bidding God releases them to fight your battle that's why I believe when you're traveling and you've prayed for Johnny Mercies, 
It's not like God is saying, well, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to make sure there's... No, there are angels all over you to protect you. Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in some of your ways. All of them. All of your ways. Everything that you're doing. Your business. Your family life. Everything. They are there to keep you in all of your ways. In their hand they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against a stone. Who cares about dashing his foot? It's the troubles of life destroying you. They make sure you don't go down. You are always up. That's what the angels are there. They are busy. I just wanted to share that with us tonight. That we have no reason to be afraid. Would you stand up with me? We can trust God that he has his angels with us. And uh, his angels are around your life. Recognize them that they are there. You don't pray to them, but recognize that they are there. There's nothing to fear. And they are there to minister to your needs, to take care of you. Amen. Amen. Mm. One thing that I've noticed in the scriptures is Paul, Peter, the rest of them, they didn't say much about the devil. You notice that? They didn't say much about the devil. It was just Jesus and Jesus alone. They didn't even say much about angels. Just Jesus. Because when you speak of Jesus, the angels are there to do your job. The devils are there, but they know they can't work. They can't really succeed in your life. Because Jesus is on the throne in your life, and angels are around. And they whipped them before, remember? In heaven, they know to stay away from it. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord tonight and thank Him for, for His love for you? How He's taking care of, of you? And how He's taking care of you right now? Father, we thank You for Your love. We thank You for sending forth this mighty spirit that You created even before we were created. And Lord, today you send them down to minister to us. Father, we're grateful for your love. We acknowledge your presence. And we know that they are effective. They are doing their work in our lives. And we thank you for sending them to us. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Thanks, dear.